Well, are you ready for heaven? It seems with all the, uh, the troubles that we have in our world, uh, people upset, changes going on, worries about the future, heaven sounds pretty good right now, doesn't it? So how about this morning, let's take a field trip to heaven, uh, obviously through words and pictures. Now, when you hear the word field trip, you might be thinking of school, right, and, and children taking field trips. So uh, let's start with a, a few words from some children about what they think heaven is like. Little eight-year-old Eric said, it's a place where there's a lot of money lying around. You can just pick it up, play with it, and buy things. I think I'm going to buy a basketball and play with my great-great-grandmother. <laughs> Scott said, heaven is up in the sky, and you can look down at circuses for free if you want to, except you have to ask for God for permission first. Seven-year-old David said, heaven is kind of big, and they sit around playing harps. I don't know how to play a harp, so I suppose I better learn how to play that dumb thing pretty soon. And Tommy said, I know what heaven is, but I don't want to go there. I want to go to North Carolina instead. <laughs> well, what's, what's your view of heaven? God has given us some glimpses. He has let us see some things in heaven through visions that he gave the Apostle John, recorded for us in the book of Revelation. And while that book also tells us about things that are going to happen in the course of history in this world, it also focuses us beyond, and it lets us hear the distant triumph song. So as our last message in this series entitled Believe, let's go to heaven. And today, let's hear about the ABCs of heaven. As I mentioned, this message is based on a passage from the book of Revelation. Revelation is a series of visions that John had of the future that God showed him, a future here on earth and in heaven. And the visions he saw of earth were kind of troubling. Those visions told us that there would be suffering in this world, that there would be opposition against God's church, that there would be difficult times that people would face. But throughout the book, God also shows him visions of heaven. That is, the people of God gathered around God's throne and enjoying eternal life. Well, this past week we saw some victory celebrations as uh, new leaders won positions in government. But along with that comes some concerns about maybe what life is going to be like. But those celebrations all focused on the winner and then what the people would get under that leader's governing. Well, in a similar way, this vision of heaven focuses us on the leader, God, and lets us see what he will give to us. But lest you think this is just a, a message about the future in heaven, I'm also going to show you how we can enjoy a little bit of heaven here on earth. So let's start the field trip. Let's take a, a little vision of heaven from these words of the Apostle John. John writes, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, 
tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. From these words, we begin to see the ABCs of heaven. And the first thing that we see, the A's, is simply this. The adoration of God and the affirmation of our salvation. Now John tells us he saw this huge multitude of people that came from all over the world. And they were singing. We simply entitled this section of scripture, The Song of the Saints. Let's listen to what they were saying. They start out by talking about salvation. Now, the other day in my eighth grade catechism class, because we were finishing up talking about how God provides for us and protects us, and that Thanksgiving was coming up soon, I asked the eighth graders what they were thankful for. So we went around the room several times. Everybody had to list something, and they couldn't repeat what was said before. And I was really impressed because as we went around the first time, there were several things that we would count as simply spiritual blessings. They listed that we have God's grace, that we have forgiveness, that we have the Bible. And I thought, wow, what a great job our school is doing in teaching these kids the important things. And that's it the important things. These saints start their song not by saying, God, thank you for all the blessings we had here on earth. Not that they didn't have them. They didn't say, thank you for making us better prayers and better spouses. No, they started by giving God the credit for salvation. They said, salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb. They were simply saying that it's God who has brought about this wonderful gift of salvation. Now that reminds me, or tells me, that that should be our prime focus. That that should be the first thing on our list. And that should be the first thing off our lips. Thanking God for our salvation. Their, their words went on to focus attention on the Lamb. Now when you come in in our sanctuary, and this is what you see, your attention is focused on that Lamb. Because there is our salvation. Right before this, John had seen the lamb, and he said it looked like he had been slain. Our lamb is set on an altar to remind us that he was slain for our sins. And that lamb is the lamb of God. That lamb is God. And that's why that lamb, even though he was slain, lives and rules for you and me. That's what that song of the saints is telling us about. But now as we listen, there's another group that starts singing as well. John tells us now, but the angels who were gathered there were singing. So let's listen to their song. He writes, Now all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, which were cherubim angels. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. How does that song start and end? With the word amen, right? 
obviously they're, they're in, in being emphatic about something. Now, we usually end our prayers and our hymns with amen, saying, okay, we're done. That's what we think. But the word amen comes out of the Greek language, and it means this is true. So what those angels were saying at the start and at the end of their song is, this is true. They were affirming the truth about God and what he has done for us. Sometimes we need that kind of affirmation, don't we? Sometimes we have little worries or concerns about, is God really in charge? Is, Is God in control? Is this the way things are supposed to be? Sometimes we might even have a little concern about our own uh, position or relationship with God, right? I I, I think I need to get my life working better because God can't be pleased with me now. I I need to do more to shore up that relationship with him. And and maybe that guilt begins to wear us down or, or feel like we're separated from God. And the angels are saying, no, amen, amen. Your salvation is done. Your salvation is complete, all because of what that lamb has done. And they go on in their song to praise God between those two amens. Take a look at that, the, those words again. It's a list of seven different things here. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength. What they're simply saying is, here's what your God is like, and here's what your God does for you. Now, Bible scholars like to see a lot of other things in here, too. They'll say, well, there are seven things listed. And seven is a number that always refers to God. And seven is a combination of three, which stands for the triune God, and four, right, that equals seven, uh, four standing for the, the four corners of the world. And so what they like to say is, all of these characteristics of God is how he interacts with people. And so it's simply reminding us of what our God is and what he does for us. Amen. That's true. No doubts. But then you look around. And maybe you'd say, wouldn't it be nice to have a little bit of heaven here on earth? I want to show you how you can have those A's right here on earth. Just bring some of that adoration of God into your life here. Bring the affirmation of your salvation into your life here. Now here's how you do it. Just like the Song of the Saints, just like those eighth graders did, make prime the adoration of God in your life. Adore Him. Make worship a priority. You've heard me say before that I get all sorts of you know, junk emails uh, that are church kind of related stuff. And I had one the other day that simply said that Christian, faithful Christians are no longer attending church regularly. That's what the studies, the statistics show. Isn't that sad? Faithful Christians no longer attending church regularly. Bring joy into your life. Bring some assurance into your life. And adore God like the angels and the saints in heaven. Bring a little bit of that heaven right down into your life here. And acknowledge. Acknowledge who he is. Affirm who he is in your life. And then like the angels, live it out. Act it. Act in ways that bring honor and and glory to God. 
Simply saying, worship Him, obey Him, and serve Him. That's how you can enjoy a little bit of heaven on earth now. Well, as we look at life now, uh, some people are getting concerned because of, you know, a change in our government leaders, a little worried about what things may be like. But remember, our God is in control, and we live under his reign. Let's listen now as John tells us a little more about heaven. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. Right, so here's the list of bees that are in heaven. Blessings and bliss. And it starts out with this. He tells us that the sufferers have been made safe. The question was asked of him, who are these people standing around in white robes? And the answer for that was, these are those who have come out of the great tribulation. Tribulation is a word referring to suffering. Now, maybe he was referring to those who have come out of that suffering, that persecution that exists in this world against God's people. But it's not just all that physical persecution. There's also spiritual persecution people who try to oppose what we believe and, and what we do. There are, their own tempt, there are those temptations that come to us as well that could be counted as tribulation. But this elder in heaven said they have come out of that tribulation. Now, if they're in heaven, we would say, well, that meant they died. The Dutch have an interesting word for dying or death in their language. It means to pass over or to come out of or to go beyond suffering. And that's exactly what death is for us. It's being taken out of this suffering, going beyond it to experience the blessings of God. Blessings that we have because the one who died for us is also the one who reigns for us. And has given us eternal life. Now, John also notes this about those saints. They're all wearing white robes. And he says three times in this reading that they're wearing white robes. So obviously there's something about it. And he says they have made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, the prophet Isaiah told us that our robes are not white. Our robes are filthy. They're dirty. He was talking about our righteousness, lack of it. But Isaiah also said, Though your sins are like red, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they will be made as white as wool. And that's exactly what we see here. That our righteousness, our sinfulness, has been washed away, has been replaced 
with the purity of Jesus' righteousness. It's the blood of Jesus that makes us clean. Have you ever had a, a tough stain, whether in your clothes or on your carpet, <laughs> that you've tried to get out? I know we've had that. We try to get it out and then, oh, it looks pretty good. And then later on, oh, it comes back. We have that in our fellowship hall here too. Sometimes it just seems like you just can't get rid of stains. They come back. And maybe that's the way we feel sometimes about our sins. Maybe we fall back into them again after we thought we had better control over it. Or maybe just the guilt that that's what we've done in the past keeps coming back. But it's not that way with God. He perfectly removes all of those stains so it's always white and pure in the righteousness of Jesus. The sinners are made saints. And because of that then, John tells us, they live in the presence of God. They are before the throne of God, he says, and they serve, whoops, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Do you like when you can go home after a long day at work or school? Do you like it when your weekend comes and you're free from all that work? Do you like it when you have vacation? None of that can compare to the joy that we will have when we're in the presence of God. And the reason why is explained by that last phrase when it says, He will shelter them with His presence. In the original Greek, it says, and he will spread his tent over them. God completely covers us with what? Everything that the angels were talking about. His power and wisdom and honor and glory and strength. All of that is what we're going to see and experience in heaven. And while we're there, he said, we're going to serve him day and night in his temple. Now that word serve in the original language is the word from which we get our English word liturgy, which reminds us about worship. So we're going to worship God day and night. And now you're probably saying, wait a minute, Pastor. Are you telling me that heaven's going to be nothing but a, a, an eternal church service? Really? I can only handle about 20 minutes of you. How can I handle an eternity of church? Hang on. The word didn't just mean you're gathered together to do church. It simply meant that whatever it is you are doing, it brings glory to God. So even if the 49ers are up there the way they play now, that'll be still bringing glory to God. One more thing. He said we will be living there free from the effects of sin. He said no more suffering, no more hunger, no more thirst. No sun beating down on them. All those things that God had originally planned for us in creation that we lost because of sin, it'll be restored. And it'll be a perfect life of blessings and bliss. Now, wouldn't you like for that, have a little bit of that heaven on earth now? And you can. Keep your eyes on that prize. Despite the suffering, despite the struggles, despite the stress that we experience, keep your eyes on what God has promised to deliver you out of this world and give you that perfect life. And even then, while we're going through the struggles and the suffering, keep your eyes on the blessings 
that he has given us too. Like I challenged the eighth graders, I said, go ahead and make a list of all the blessings God has given you. And when you really think about it, there are so many things that list will just keep going on and on and on, even things that we just take for granted and don't even think about. We are indeed blessed people. We have a little bit of heaven here on earth. Therefore, let's live lives of thankfulness. Thanksgiving is coming up in a few weeks. Do you have thanking God on your list of activities? And as you move forward, be faithful with all those blessings God has given you and serve Him. That's enjoying a bit of heaven on earth. All right, one more verse to give us the seeds about heaven. John said, For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Yes, in heaven we will see Christ and have his comfort. He's talking again about the Lamb. As I pointed out before, we see that Lamb front and center. But this window displays so much more about what God has done through that Lamb. You see the spots of red glass all over? It's to remind us of the blood of Jesus that was shed to cover the sins of the world. When he gave up his life on an altar, a cross, which was the altar of God's wrath to take care of all of our sin. This lamb was slain. He dies, but he lives again. Lives now to be the shepherd. Isn't that interesting? The lamb has become our shepherd who guides us to streams of living water as he does now. Streams that will never end. Streams that give life that will never end. And there he will comfort us. There is no suffering there because there is no sin. It's gone. Now this year in our congregation, we've had a number of people who have passed away or passed over, been taken away from this suffering to that glory in heaven. And while it causes us sadness that we miss those people, we certainly don't want to take this away from them. This is what they enjoy. This is their victory. And that is our hope to look forward to. That is what we have also. Heaven. So here's how you can get a little bit of heaven on earth. We always want to use our ABCs that we've learned in school. Well, let's use these ABCs of heaven to help us here on earth. First of all, have assurance of God's love for you now and forever. And then be bold. Bold to believe that this is the truth. Though it may be challenged by others, though it may be put down by others, though other people may have different views of it, know what God says and be bold to believe and to hold that. And then let it lead you to be committed to worship him and to serve him. That's how we get a little bit of heaven here on earth. So are you ready for heaven? You are. 
You are heaven ready. Made ready by Jesus. Amen.